Hello and welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County, and our year of women's history continues, and today we will be joined by Marilyn Cohen, Vice President of the Rockland County Chapter of the League of Women Voters. The League of Women Voters is a national women's group that was founded a few months before the ratification of the 19th Amendment in 1920. Of course, we will be celebrating that momentous occasion. August 26th is the Ratification Day Centennial. It's important to note, however, that the 19th Amendment did not expand voting rights for all women. It left in place the barriers that deliberately kept women of color from having an equal voice. And unfortunately, that was by design. Many suffrage leaders, including Carrie Chapman Catt, one of the founders of the League of Women Voters, appealed to the notion of white supremacy in their arguments for the passage of the 19th Amendment. This left Native women, African American women, Hispanic women, and Asian American women to continue fighting for their own right to vote well beyond 1920. So while we celebrate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment and the celebration of the 100th birthday of the League of Women Voters, uh, we remain grateful for the opportunity to learn from the wrongs of our past, and we dedicate ourselves to correcting those wrongs in every action we take. The Historical Society of Rockland County who sponsors this radio program, is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Lavelt House located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. We are listed on the National Register of Historic Places and a designated New York State Path Through History site. And part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland County with the public. As a private nonprofit institution, not a county or state agency, the Historical Society of Rockland County depends on charitable contributions to fulfill our education and preservation missions. We hope you will consider making a financial contribution, and you can donate safely online by visiting our website at rocklandhistory.org. Click the Donate button at the top of the landing page, and we would love to count our radio listeners as financial supporters of the Historical Society of Rockland County. I'd like to remind our listeners that this is a call-in show. We welcome phone calls. The number here is 845-429-1700. That number again is 845-429-1700. The League of Women Voters was founded just a few months before the ratification of the 19th Amendment in 1920. It was officially founded in Chicago in 1920, just six months before the 19th Amendment was ratified and women won the vote. It was formed by the suffragists of the National American Woman Suffrage Association, which is known as NASA, and the League began as a mighty political experiment designed to help 20 million women carry out their new responsibilities as voters. You can imagine on in the first election in 1920, over 20 million women voted in a presidential election for the first time. Now, of course, there were women across the country that were voting locally uh, as each state ratified 
the amendment. Uh, they also ratified their local voting laws. So women had been voting in local elections across the country. But for the first time in a national election, we had an additional 20-plus million voters. So it was thought by the women who had worked so hard uh, to get the women to vote that they needed a way to enfranchise the women further and get them to take on causes, understand what they were voting for, and really begin to educate the voters about the platforms and bills and candidates that were coming up for election. So that really was the thought. When we ask who founded the League of Women Voters, it was in 1909 that Emma Smith DeVoe proposed at the National American Woman Suffrage Association, that again uh, is NASA, at their convention in Seattle in 1909, She suggested that a separate organization be created to educate women on election processes and lobby for favorable legislation on women's issues. Carrie Chapman Catt, who was a very notable suffrage fighter, uh, she began negotiating with DeVoe to merge her organization with a new league that would be the successor to the NASA. And Carrie Catt was concerned that DeVoe's alignment with the more radical Alice Paul, who we know Alice Paul was one of the younger suffragists, and she was a fighter in a, in a more radical way. And, and it wasn't to the liking of some of the older suffragists, Carrie Catt being one of them, at just uh, the tactics that Alice Paul and her group used. Carrie Catt was concerned about the alignment with Alice Paul and her group, and that it might discourage the conservative women from joining the National Council of Women Voters. So she proposed a new league and forming a new league. And so 15 states had already ratified the 19th Amendment at that time. And the women wanted to move forward with a plan to educate women on the voting process and shepherd their participation. So though not all members of either organization were in favor of a merger, a motion was made at the 1919 NASA convention to merge those two organizations into a successor. And that is how the National League of Women Voters was founded. It was officially completed January 6, 1920, although for the first year the League operated as a committee of NASA. The formal organization of the League was drafted in the 1920 convention, which was held in Chicago. We know that the group existed here in Rockland County as early as 1926. We were able to locate a newspaper clipping that talked about a school celebration in Stony Point where eighth grade pupils and high school students were going to receive some awards. And one of the awards um, was the Mother's Community Circle, and they present an award to Archie Ellis. And that award uh, was from the League of Women Voters. And so we know that as early as 1926, the League of Women Voters did have members here in Rockland County, which which is a wonderful thing. Here in Rockland County and in New York State, the vote was one in 
1917. So as early as 1917, women here in Rockland were voting, again, not nationally, but in the local elections. It really wasn't smooth sailing for the League of Women Voters and for women voters in general. After the amendment passed in the House and Senate, the final hurdle for the 19th Amendment was ratification by the states. Anti-suffrage groups were everywhere, and they, they opposed ratification. But of course, the states went on to ratify it, Tennessee being the final 36th state. And then, of course, then on August 26th, 1920 was ratification day and the uh, the amendment was ratified into the Constitution. The League of Women Voters became very well known in the 1920s and the 1930s, enough to get the support and attention of Harry Truman. After World War II, of course, the League carried out a nationwide public support campaign at the request of President Franklin Roosevelt to establish the United Nations and to ensure U.S. participation. So the League is a nonpartisan group, but they do take on platforms and they do educate the public based on the research that they do on those platforms. Following the campaign, President Truman invited the League of Women Voters to serve as a consultant to the U.S. delegation at the United Nations Charter Conference. And one of the first organizations officially recognized by the UN as a non-governmental organization or an NGO, it was the League of Women Voters. It was one of the first. And so the League uh, still maintains official observer status today at the uh, United Nations. We are joined by the vice president of the Rockland chapter of the League of Women Voters, Marilyn Cohen. Marilyn, good morning. How are you this morning? Good morning. Could you take a moment and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? I am retired. I have been a member of the League for more than 30 years, and I originally was working with the Nathan Klein Institute as a public relations person, and then I worked with the literacy volunteers for many years, and I was uh, uh, helping tutors, and I was matching tutors with students. After I retired, I didn't really do very much of anything uh, of of substance, but I have continued with League. Uh, Many of the people who are members of League are people who have been associated with them in many ways or who have been daughters and uh, sisters and uh, related to people who were in League. It's something we inherit in our blood. (laughs) I think that's interesting because many of the women who were in leadership roles of the f- the formation of the League back in the 1920s were descendants of the most notable suffragists, right? Well, the, some of them were, that's true. But we, we really do uh, pass it on to our daughters. But we love having new members, and uh, we have to grow, and that's that's important. And uh, we have we have thousands of members across the United States. League operates on on uh, three levels, nationally and statewide, as well as locally. And uh, we've had uh, local leagues in Rockland County for many years. By the mid mid twentieth century, the nineteen fifties, the league began to really support policy issues, do the research, and establish 
positions on policy issues as the organization as the 1957 Education Fund was established of the League. Can you talk a little bit about that? The uh, League has always uh, supported many different policies, different issues, because that's the way we operate. We study issues, and then we take a stand on on an issue, and then we work on that issue. We try to get it passed. We work with the uh, government agency, government representatives on these issues after we've taken a position, after we've studied it. But um, the education fund was set up so that we could publish uh, different materials and for voter registration and information to encourage uh, people to participate. We print many, many different types of materials so that uh, people uh, have information. This is the only way in which uh, we can raise money um, because uh, you you can't uh, donate. You can donate to lead uh, tax exempt to the education fund. Otherwise, lead uh, as a politically active organization is not tax exempt. So that the education fund serves to... Um, provide information to the public in, in printed form and uh, other information. You're listening to WRCR.com and WRCR Radio. This is Crossroads of Rockland History, and I'm Claire Sheridan. Our year of women's history continues this month. We are joined by the vice president of the Rockland chapter of the League of Women Voters, Marilyn Cohen. The League of Women Voters was a group that was founded just a few months before the ratification of the 19th Amendment in 1920. Of course, the 19th Amendment gave women the right to vote. This is a call-in show. We welcome your calls. The number here is 845-429-1700. So uh, I was able to locate some, doing some research that the NIAC chapter of the League of Women Voters was founded in 1951. There was a NIAC chapter that was founded earlier by Helen Hayes in 1940. She came to live in Rockland County and uh, said, well, well, where is the League of Women Voters? I want to, be, I want to join it. And uh, it wasn't here. So they formed in NIAC in 1940. Eventually, it became part of the Clarkstown, Orangetown League that had been formed in 1951. There was a Ramapo League, which merged with them in 1973. That became the Tritown League, and then there was a North Rockland League in, in Stony Point and Havistor. That, in 1969, merged with Tritown to become the Rockland County League in 1979. We, we uh, have have been a Rockland County League since that time. And we try to look at issues that concern the entire county. And we have uh, handled many issues. One of the interesting things that we did in 1963, well, about 1963, uh, that's when I moved to the county. The um, county of Rockland at that time consisted of uh, five of the five towns run by five uh, supervisors uh, was not fitting in with the one person, one vote that League believed was uh, supposed to be as in the Constitution. And there was a court case being 
brought to the Supreme Court and League of Rockland County was amicus on that court case at the Supreme Court. And the uh, Rockland County was cited as the perfect example of the wrong thing, our government, because the way we were set up with the town of Ramapo having 70,000 residents and Stony Point, 11,000 residents, or each being equally represented as uh, one vote, did not work according to the one person, one vote. They found in, in favor of changing the situation so that we won this case against the county so that the county had to change to the current system where we have a county executive, where we have one vote per person in this county. We were able to set up a county charter, and as we won this case through the Supreme Court, where the change of government for Rockland County, instead of the Board of Supervisors running the county, so basically, it was inequitable. We did have a whole Crossroads of Rockland History program devoted to one person, one vote. The Rockland League actually brought the case to the court. And um, uh, the situation, we're charging that the situation denied the right of one person, one vote. And we won the case. And uh, it took, there were many votes on this county charter. And... Uh, that we uh, worked for, and uh, now we have a 17-member legislature with a county executive elected at large every four years. And um, the towns continue to have their own supervisors and town councils for local affairs, but we have one county executive, and we have the 17 legislators. So that made it, that was in the 60s, mm-hmm. and uh, that was good. That was a big, big deal. We've had study groups on the tap when they were building, rebuilding the uh, Tappan Zee Bridge. We had a study group going on that, and we had, we had study groups on the water quality in the county and an Indian point when they were uh, going to, to uh, close it. We've, we've done, done a lot of work locally in those things. But mainly we're very interested currently on the, and all, continually actually, on voter access and voter registration. And we're doing uh, voter registration at this time. Yes, and of course right now, looking forward to the upcoming election, it's complicated because we have a health crisis, a pandemic. We have some places starting with absentee ballots, more people having to use absentee ballots, um, and the need for people to social distance when they're voting to stay safe from the, from the pandemic. So I'm sure that the League of Women Voters is addressing all of those things, aren't you? We work with the Board of Elections also. We, we, we keep, keep in close contact with them because their responsibility to, to see to the, how this is handled um, we uh, try to uh, have uh, candidates for each, each, at each election, 
and uh, we are looking into how to handle this year uh, because we, of course, uh, have a um, uh, congressional uh, de- debate coming up. Uh, we would like to have something on um, a Zoom debate, probably, for uh, the um, House of Representatives and uh, how that is going to be handled. Perhaps we will do a co-sponsor one with uh, Westchester uh, because the, that's, the, that's the seat that's open. Mm-hmm. And um, we will try to do something like that. We often co-sponsor with other organizations. We co-sponsor events because we uh, will draw more more uh, viewers that way, and uh, it also handles the, takes the response handles the responsibility more effective. Yes, in fact, I know this past Saturday, the League of Women Voters of Rockland and the AAUW of Rockland sponsored a wonderful panel in celebration of the suffrage centennial on women in public service, and we yes. were able to hear yes. directly from. Nita Lowy and Harriet Cornell and Constance Frazier and ter- Supervisor Teresa Kenny and others uh, about their public service, how they got started, what they're most proud of. It was an excellent, um, is an excellent program. If anybody's interested in watching it, it is available online, and so I will make sure that it's attached to this, uh, the program notes for this program, so that people can watch it if they would like. It was a very inspiring program. If listeners are interested in taking part in the League of Women Voters or getting involved, how do they do that? Well, we have uh, a phone number that can call us, 845-357-3568. That's our local local league phone that can call and speak to one of our people and get, get involved locally. Or they can uh, contact uh, the League of New York State uh, lwvmy.org. As I said, we operate on on three levels. And um, we do many, many of our, our studies are uh, involved with the state um, because they uh, we are lobbying uh, with our state representatives uh, quite every year, a few times a year. That's how we get things done. That's how we get things through. It's important. Right now, Governor Cuomo is sitting on signing some uh, election (laughs) bills we want him to get through. We had passed uh, election reforms last year, and uh, he's sitting on signing them, and we're very annoyed. (laughs) So we're, we're we're waiting to see if he'll move on those. With the League of Women Voters being a nonpartisan group, which is uh, nowadays a word you hardly hear, but do you find it, uh, or does the League find it difficult to remain nonpartisan in this very divided world we have? No, no. As League members, we stay nonpartisan, but individually, we do have our own uh, feelings. So we, on the issues, we give our nonpartisan views on the, as league members. However, when we go to the polls, do we vote the way we want to, each person. And if we speak, when we talk about, when we talk with our friends about things, we're not talking as league members, we're talking as individuals. However, as a board member, for example, I'm vice president, as 
when I represent league, I have to give the league viewpoint, a nonpartisan viewpoint. I cannot speak about with my own opinion. We have members of both parties in league. They, the league represents, for the most part, the membership represents the area in which it, it draws, from which it draws its members. So in some communities, we will have a, a heavily Republican membership. In some er- most areas, I think we tend to be more Democratic because League is usually more progressive in its approach to things. We're always trying to improve things and move forward. The Republicans seem to be more conservative. So we tend, in general, I think, to be uh, have more Democratic members. Thank you, Marilyn Cohen, mm-hmm. for this interesting exploration of the League of Women Voters. Um, <laughs> We hope that you tune in to the next episode of Crossroads of Rockland History. That'll be Monday, September 21st, right after the Steve and Jeff Morning Show, when my guest will be Jennifer Brooks, curator of the Historical Society of Rockland County's new exhibition entitled Inside Out, Women, Fashion, and the Fight for Suffrage. I'll also be interviewing Marielle Farlow, artist and subject of our new Rockland Voices exhibition for 2020. Farlow's sculpture just may be the most controversial piece of art in Rockland County. I hope you'll tune in. That's Monday, September September 21st at 9.30 a.m. As many of you know, the offices and museum building and historic house at the Historical Society have been closed due to the pandemic. Uh, Our current exhibition, Inside Out, Women, Fashion, and the Fight for Suffrage, will be open by appointment only. You can learn about it now on rocklandhistory.org, and you can find out how you get timed tickets Please join us on Facebook, where we have a growing group of friends and fans. You can also find us tweeting on Twitter, blogging on Tumblr, and posting on Instagram. And you'll be happy to know that our archived podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, also on Stitcher and on Spotify. So check us out there, too. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com.